what came back uh, on those results? Because they're very invasive, but they can be very telling depending on the condition. So what came back when you got those things done? Yeah, well, so I was young. And so I accepted this diagnosis, but there was nothing. There was no um, there was no IBD, you know, colitis or Crohn's. There was no celiacs. There was no kind of concrete, tangible medical diagnosis. And that's when the doctor had diagnosed me with, well, you just have irritable bowel syndrome and um, you're just going to have to take Prilosec for the rest of your life, which is an acid re reducer, give up chocolate, no coffee, no tomatoes, like just kind of listed off all the things that give me joy, <laughs> crush all my dreams. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 280 of the Health Detective Podcast. I'll be your host. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev. We do have an interesting setup today. We will be explaining that in just a moment. Um, but I always say I'm the one special in particular. I'm a guy who had many health challenges, like most of the guests that come on our show. I was able to resolve those things, thankfully, with the functional diagnostic nutrition system and other similar healing modalities that we learn in functional medicine. And so now I can't stop talking about it. And I love sharing other people's stories because um, as much as we love nerding out, the stories are always the things that get people into this first. Then then you nerd out afterwards, but it's the story and hearing someone else go through things and overcome it uh, that's inspiring. So our guest today is Sophie Shepard, and I will introduce her bio in a second, but again, we'll explain this. So she's crushing it business-wise. She's in the hotel traveling right now. I am in a full coat uh, with the FDN logo underneath. Don't worry. <laughs> and that is because my fiance and I, we are 99% sure that we overdid the AC this summer because again, from a health perspective, I tried to do the AC super low at night and I'm pretty positive. I created some issues mold wise or something else because we have lived here for a year. I've only had like minor sinus stuff every now and then that I didn't contribute to anything. And the last month has been crazy, Sophie. It's like full congestion, waking up like almost like a gasping feeling. So we're getting the hell out of here in two days. So don't worry. But today Girl, I just spent the whole morning writing out mold protocols for my clients. So I'm, yeah, I'm so sorry. I hope you guys get out of that, that environment. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, thank God for FDN and all this other stuff, right? Because my main symptom right now, not that I won't take care of it, is the sinus stuff. When I get out of here about an hour afterwards, I feel good. And so that's very um, lucky. So we'll, we'll deal with that. And I'll keep you guys posted if you listen to or watch the podcast regularly. Um, today, we're here to talk about IBS and a whole lot more than that. So quick background. Uh, Sophie is the founder of She Talks Health and the creator of the She Talks Health podcast. Sophie is an FDN practitioner like myself, an NLP certified life coach who helps women transform their hormone, gut, and thyroid health. Using a combination of root cause functional lab testing, transformation subconscious mindset reprogramming, and diet and lifestyle science, Sophie and her team partner with you to create a holistic approach to bringing your body and mind back into balance. Her mission is to revolutionize the way women claim their 
health and slay old stories of being in sick bodies. Um, I love that. So officially, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for introducing me. <laughs> cool. All right. So what we will uh, do today is always start in the same way that we uh, prefer to do on this show. I love to hear the stories. And then again, we can nerd out, talk business. But um, everyone that is an FDN has usually gone through their own stuff. So uh, my question for you, Sophie, is when did your health symptoms begin? And what were those things looking like back then? Well, I want to tell you a story because mm -hmm. I think that's the best way. So it was the middle of the night and I was careening down the highway. My dad was driving the car, it was freezing cold outside. I was on my way back to school in Pittsburgh. I was a theater student in college. And I had that familiar feeling in my stomach that I was going to have to go to the bathroom. And like, if you've ever in that, been in that position where you just like don't have any control, you know what I'm talking about. And I mean, it's being your bowels, but also just in control in your life. And I just felt totally out of control going down this highway, 70 miles an hour. And I said, dad, like, I, we got to find a bathroom. I got to, I got to go. I got to go. And he's like, you can't just wait. We're five miles from school. Been in the car for seven hours. No, I can't wait. Pull over, get to the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, jump out of the car, run into the bathroom. And I made it like, I just made it. And that was how my life was from when I was 16 until after I found functional medicine and functional diagnostic nutrition and was able to reverse those symptoms. So mm -hmm. I had IBS, let me see air quotes, tell you about that in a second, um, for seven years of my life. All through high school, all through college, I was the person with the stinky <laughs> farts. I was like the one who could not control my bowels. I was so embarrassed like all the time and um, trying to hide it, trying to hide myself, not feeling like I had control. And it spiraled from there, getting anxiety, um, getting autoimmune disease later in life, having menstrual cycle issues. As we know, the body is connected. So there were all these problems that kind of connected in through the gut. Um, and so like that was a normal thing for me, that kind of story. So that's some of the symptoms I was dealing with. Okay. And when this was going on, I, I real, always like to kind of get back into the person's head because there might be... Um, I say the lay person as in someone that's not interested in functional medicine, they might watch this and might uh, really relate to what you were going through at the time. Like, what was your perspective in those seven years before you found FDN? Was this, uh, why is this happening to me? Genetics? Like, was there any thought in your mind that this shouldn't be happening? Because we always perceive these things completely differently then versus once we get educated on it. Yeah, I will tell you, there was a pivotal moment. I was about 15 or 16 years old, and I was in my um, kitchen with my boyfriend at the time and my mom, and I was bent over in pain from drinking a glass of water. Not even exaggerating, just the water hurt my stomach. And I wanted to just push past it because I thought this is just my thing. This is my lot in life. Some people have back pain. I have this stomach pain, whatever. And my mom finally just said, you know, this isn't normal. This isn't how normal people react to water. So we did end up going to a uh, you know GI doctor. And I, at 15, got scoped and prodded both directions, which is if anyone's had to do that for colonoscopy and endoscopies. <laughs> not great. You're drinking that horrible solution so it can coat your stomach and um, pretty nauseating. So yeah, I, I went, that's when I went to the doctor and that kind of leads into my thought that is IBS just BS. Okay. <laughs> All right. So and yeah, the, the prodded thing, it's actually interesting. I was always afraid of going under, like as a kid, like you mm -hmm. 
it just, it's almost seems like everyone went through some type of surgery. Eventually, I'm like, oh, I'm going to avoid this. I'm going to avoid this. Same thing, early 20s, uh, right around finding FDN. And I had to go back to back, same hospital trip, three days, endoscopy, colonoscopy. And I realized, okay, the good news is I actually get knocked out. So I'm not aware of what's happening here. So it made me a little less scared. But there's there's something about going under and knowing that tubes are going as you said, both ways. That's the a very professional way to describe it, right? So yeah. wouldn't recommend it to a friend. Would not. Um, <laughs> no. What came back uh, on those results? Because they're very invasive, but they can be very telling depending on the condition. So what came back when you got those things done? Yeah, well, so I was young. And so I accepted this diagnosis, but there was nothing. There was no... Um, there was no IBD, no colitis or Crohn's. There was no celiacs. There was no kind of concrete, tangible medical diagnosis. And that's when the doctor had diagnosed me with, well, you just have irritable bowel syndrome and, um, you're just going to have to take Prilosec for the rest of your life, which is an acid reducer, give up chocolate, no coffee, no tomatoes, like just kind of listed off all the things that give me joy, (laughs) crushed all my dreams. And, um, said I couldn't have any of those. He did say I had a hiatal hernia, which normally you would think like with a hernia, maybe you could have surgery, but he said, it'll just go away on its own. And you're just going to have to kind of deal with this pain. Like this is just the way your life's going to be now. Okay. Wow. So I'm guessing that wasn't particularly encouraging after, I mean, it's one thing to go through that and then like, Hey, we found it. We'll fix it. Okay. That was worth the tubes, but then it's like, surprise, it's nothing. Uh, that'll be a few thousand dollars, even with good insurance, probably. But yeah. And I mean, I didn't really understand the cost of money sure, back sure, for your health, but like, if you wanted to go back that far, I'm sure. Yeah. Like I've spent a lot of money on my health. Right. And yeah. And my parents have too. And so we didn't know any better. I mean, my mom didn't know any better. We just thought, okay, like, I guess that's just the way it is. And that, I just had accepted that through the rest of high school, through college. And um, it wasn't until someone stopped me. And I will say, like, I think in a lot of ways, I have a lot of emotions tied to that doctor interaction because if he was able to help me then, I truly believe I would not have ended up on antidepressants. I don't believe I would have ended up uh, with autoimmune thyroiditis um, because we know that the gut is so connected and it wasn't just IBS. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to diving into that. I think the one thing I'd like to specify beforehand. So again, especially if it's a lay person coming on, all right, IBS, I just want help today because you you know, if you talk to enough people, there's going to be one person out there that this is their thing. This is the first thing they may have ever heard in the functional health space. And it's what a privilege, right? To get to do that for someone. (laughs) IBS, they know it as a syndrome, irritable, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, right? Right. Can we explain though, that that's not a real, like when you say, is it BS? It's not a real diagnosis. So for someone that doesn't get why it's not a real diagnosis in a, in a certain sense, like, what does that mean? I, I'm hearing about this for the yeah. first time. I think I have a diagnosis, but in a sense, I don't. <laughs> I would say it's a diagnosis through exclusion. So they, you know, the, the good thing about our medical system is that they are looking for like, you know, um, cancer polyps, you know, if you have Crohn's or colitis, something very serious, that could be potentially life-threatening, right? That's you know, what they're trying to diagnose. When they come back and they say IBS, it's like, hey, you have all these symptoms, you're running to the bathroom, you're bloating, you have reflux, you're in pain every day, but we have no medical reason to tell you why. Like we don't have, there's not something you can do. It's not caused by anything. We don't know why you're having these pains. And so this, like, there's not a lot that they can do in their model of the world, in their toolbox that they have as medical doctors. So that's kind of where I say it's like not a real 
like diagnosis because there's not a lot of steps you can do about it from their perspective. Now we know as FDNs, there's a lot we can do. We yeah. can talk about that today too. And correct me if I'm wrong, then is it fair to say, you know, an idiopathic diagnosis like IBS is done when uh, Western medicine, or I guess any medicine is noticing, Hey, a bunch of people have these symptoms, but we don't know much about it or what it's mm -hmm. caused. So then we label this on. So that'd be fair to say. I think so. And I think that their hands are often tied by the studies that they need and the type of studies, the amount of studies before they can add a new diagnosis or add a new treatment plan even. Right. So yeah. that's, that's how I would think of it too. Yeah. Okay. So progressing further here, you found the functional medicine, uh, medicine thing seven years later after all this started. And from the way that you said the story, I'm guessing that during those seven years, that is when the antidepressants came in and the autoimmunity. Uh, when did that start? What did that look like? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, anxiety and depression and the gut are super connected. We could maybe talk about the nerd out about the science there. So you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg is kind of a conversation I always have. And I can't quite remember. But in in my memory, it was like, I remember the gut issues. And then I remember having a lot of stress about getting into college and like trying to prove myself and be good enough and be like, excellent at everything and get A pluses and like, be kind of like that. And then I just remember like, feeling like I couldn't cope after college, I was in um, I hope this is okay to talk about but I was in a, an emotionally abusive um, relationship my first adult relationship. And that's really where the antidepressant came in because I couldn't, I had no other stress coping skills. And of course we know with FDN, it's the dress protocol. And the, one of the S's is for stress. I had no other tools in my box. So that's what was presented. Like you go in with anxiety, you know, that's where it was. And I'm not sure how, how much it's safe to share on here, but it, it got really bad. Like the depression anxiety was very bad to the point where I needed something to intervene to for my life to go on. I, well, just so you know, uh, the conversations get as real as you'd like. And I, I shouldn't even say real. That's not a fair way to put that. It's as transparent as you'd like it to be. Uh, because some conditions, we don't need to talk about every little thing, but we allow anything on here, so it's up to you. I'm, I'm curious then, if you ended up in this uh, obviously very negative uh, and abusive relationship, and that seemed to precede some of the anxiety and depression stuff, at, at one point, I don't know if this if I misunderstood, you said you believe that some of the antidepressant uh, usage might not even uh, even have been done if the doctor recognized that to begin with. So what does that mean then if the person was abusive and that caused more of the antidepressant thing, but you also believe that if you got the proper treatment at 16, 15, you wouldn't have been on it. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, I think it's both, right? So it's like you have genetics, right? That's one set of things. You So, you know, you have like maybe predisposition for certain things, then you have like environmental or mental emotional stressors. And we're not really talking about ways to support our mental health in this country. It's kind of stigmatized. So then you, I, you know, you have, in my opinion now, and knowing what I know about the gut brain connection, I had seven years of neuroinflammation, right? I already had the anxiety. I had no skills to cope with it. I didn't know about meditation or breath work or EFT or any of the things out there that I do now. And then it's like, then there's a trigger on top of that of like, let me put you into this box of stress, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like give you no lifeboat. And I think that that's kind of where I ended up. And it's not necessarily anyone's fault. I think it's just the way that my life, the series of events. And then it was like, okay, like it's to the point where I really need help here. And the, the help that was provided when, when you talk to a therapist is like, you know, antidepressants. Yeah. Right? Well <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, this is my favorite question on the show. And I, I'm just fascinated by these answers. 
we already discussed it was seven years something happened then at that seven year mark that takes um sophie from this person who's like all of us at one point knows nothing about this stuff trying to figure it out suffering with the symptoms and then some aha moment comes where you try something new what what, what happened there that finally got you into this functional space yeah there were there were two things um one was I happened to be on an off-Broadway show um, because that's what I used to do is theater. And my boss had um, three autoimmune diseases. And she listened to my brain fog, my fatigue. I had gained about 30 pounds. Um, my hair was falling out. I had the anxiety and the depression and all the gut issues, right? And she listened to my symptoms. She said, well, have you heard about gluten? <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> so she taught me and I, she's like, why don't you just try going gluten-free for like 10 days to two weeks and like, see if it makes you feel any better. So, okay. I don't know what this thing is, whatever. So there I am in New York city, like avoiding New York bagels, avoiding New York pizzas, you know, whatever. Okay. This crazy lady thinks it's going to help. So then after two weeks, I'm like, I don't know if this is really helping. And I have pizza before the show. And I am not kidding you, Evan. I fell asleep during my job, which was backstage managing a theatrical off-Broadway show. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Fell asleep, brain fog, couldn't function. Luckily, she understood, so she was able to step in and support me. But that was like the hard, wow, I can't do gluten ever again. So that was like, whoa, wait, something's linked to food here and like how I feel. I mean, that was the first time I realized that food could influence, you know, how I felt in that way. Um, aside from the doctor telling me not to eat tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that happened. And then I, um, all these, the new symptoms, the brain fog, the hair falling out, the depression, like the deep depression, the exhaustion, um, that was new from like just the gut stuff. Hmm. So that's when I went to the doctor and I said, something's wrong. I'm 22. I feel like I'm 80 years old what's going on here. And she said, um, well, I think you're just depressed. What's your response? And I said, I didn't realize that depression could make your hair fall out. (laughs) I mean, like, right. How, and for, again, someone listened maybe for the first time, we could not be less against Western medicine. I think we, I pride ourselves in that at FTN. We are one of the most objective places in terms of mixing the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. I do not need an MD to know that that does not make sense. Right. Depression does not cause hair right. loss. Like, come on. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's why we have integration, right? Because there's certain tools that we have that, you know, Western doctors maybe don't and vice versa. And like, that's why we have to have both, I think, in my opinion, to like really thrive, right? So anyway, she decided reluctantly to run the labs and she showed up that I had hypothyroidism. And she's like, hooray, you have a diagnosis. Here's some medicine. And I was so excited. And then six months later, I still had the symptoms, went back. My labs were normal, something we hear often. Um, she didn't look for Hashimoto's antibodies. She didn't know to do that. Um, and then that's when I just ended up parting ways with that doctor and finding someone who did a more root cause integrative approach. And he sat down with me for 90 minutes, as I do now with all of my clients on the first call. And he listened to me and he told me that my gut was the reason I had Hashimoto's. And they talked to me about autoimmune disease and he explained all the symptoms and he explained like the integrative approach that we were going to take to, you know, self-treat and heal my body. Wow. And that was it. Very cool. Um, I You said something so interesting that I don't think many people can understand unless they've been through their own version of this stuff. You said, hooray, I have a diagnosis. And especially early 20s at the time of all things, getting, hooray, I have a diagnosis. 
man, that's a, a unique category of people. Um, and I'm not saying we're, we're victims, right? It's just to explain what people go through. When you're excited about the diagnosis, I think that's very telling. You're like, thank God someone can finally tell me what's wrong with me, right? Right, because then remember I had had this IBS thing and there was nothing really that I could do about it. But this was like, oh, I can take medication. Like I was jumping up and up and down on my bed for joy. I mean, I remember this moment of like jumping up and down, like, I have the answer. I'm going to be yeah. fine. Like I kind of tuned out the part where she's like, and you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you have an autoimmune condition. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, and you know, a very similar thing, not that we don't diagnose or treat anything at FDN, obviously, but um, a very similar phenomenon can happen with the labs because even if it's not a diagnosis, when we run these labs with people, you're showing them often for the first time what correlates with their symptoms. We're like, has anyone ever told you that you have this freaking parasite? Has anyone ever told you that nice. you've been exposed to mold and have mycotoxins, whatever it might be? And then again, you'd think that'd be something that would scare people, but 99% of the time it's that, maybe not jumping up and down on the bed, but there is a hooray <laughs> where you're like, thank God someone can tell me what I can do here so that I can go change hopefully and get better. Um, before we talk even further about the functional medicine thing, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm always focused on this only because I hope to do our best here at this podcast to help people make these transitions for others in their life even quicker. So you get the diagnosis and then you said, oh, I ended up at this uh, more uh, root cause integrative type of person. Mm -hmm. But Sophie, that is not something that everyone does. And obviously you're a very intelligent person. So maybe that's half of it, but it's certainly not something that a young person does, right? I think, again, you're more accepting of these things. So were you just doing your own research? How do you go from hooray to what many people might look at as like a hippie doctor, right? That's not your first option. Yeah. Well, so in between the first and second running of like the six months where I started the medication and then went back with the same symptoms and thought, oh, I just need more medication. I had done a lot of research about hypothyroidism and had, of course, found the connection to autoimmune disease and realized that she had only run the thyroid stimulating hormone. And so like when I went back to the doctor, I was like, hey, I would really like you to run a full thyroid panel, including the antibodies to see if I have an autoimmune disease. Um, this is probably not the best reflection of this doctor, but it is the truth. She just told me that I was making things too complicated, that there was nothing else she could do for me and that I just had to take my medication. So I basically did fire her because I was like, I don't feel well and this doesn't make sense. Like I shouldn't feel this way. And I think maybe because I was young, I was like, I like, I have so much more life to live. Like this can't be it. Yeah. Um, and then I think I just got lucky because on my, another show, like in that year, I met somebody who had, who had worked with a functional medicine doctor okay. and that was the referral. She said, you know, you really got to go all the way up to 181st street, go see Dr. G he's going to help you. I promise. And I went and like, yeah. And then, and I just, he, he was the first person to really understand and hear and seem to have a comprehensive approach that it was just a no brainer for me at that moment. I, I feel like I got lucky to be honest with you that I met the right person who had worked with somebody already because it wasn't a big functional medicine as like a header or whatever was not a big thing. This was Correct. 12 years ago. Correct. And it's still amazing how many people to this day, we, we live in our bubbles and I, and I do acknowledge that the bubble's expanding, but there are so many people who have no idea what the heck we're talking about. Um, right. And it's really their first introduction. I appreciate too what you said about luck. It's kind of one of the reasons I think many of us in a sense feel obligated. I'm um, in a positive way to go do these careers that we have, because when this happens to you and you do realize 
damn, man, if these chances, uh, chance happenings didn't occur the way that they did, like, let's say that person never told you to go off gluten. How much longer do you think you would have been going through this uh, before ever figuring something out, if ever? I mean, it's kind of crazy. I support women with hypothyroidism amongst many other things, you know, like just the symptoms, all these symptoms that we have, and they have gotten the diagnosis from their doctor. And, you know, we support through the dress model of diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation, and of course the functional labs. And I can't even tell you like how many clients I have who waited 20 years. And I don't mean that that's on them. They didn't know. Yeah. They didn't get lucky. And so it takes so much longer for them to get feel better too when you're in that spot. I just feel so grateful for those people in my life. I mean, they were pivotal, pivotal yeah. in my transformation and my health. That's why I appreciate the explanation because listen, um, everyone's different with their interests and stuff. No, not everyone's going to be like us and sit at home and research these things. But something that they can take is having the courage to do what you said kind of jokingly, but also literally, no, you're fired. Not because I'm arrogant and acting like I know more than you. You're not doing that. No. You knew it wasn't working. You knew you didn't feel well. That's called having confidence to say, I need to go try something different. That's not arrogance. That's confidence. And, and self-worth. Yeah. Right? Like I, 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 um, and I think a lot of that, just linking it back to the emotional abuse, like all of my self-confidence had been stripped away by this relationship. And when I got out of it, I realized through my parents, through my friends that I was worthwhile and that I deserved happiness and health. And so I was not going to settle for I don't knows and I have nothing else to offer you. That was just not an option for me anymore. Yeah. So Sophie, best part of the story, probably when did you decide that this is what you want to be when you grow up? Because again, tons of people go through this. You might've worked with the doctor and you feel better. And then you still go back to whatever you were pursuing before, but you said, no, 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 no. This is life now. And you've been, I've, my gosh, I've seen you in FDN as long as I've been here. I think I'm not sure when you graduated, but you've been around the block with this. This is your thing. So when did you decide this is what you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I have a really good story for you guys. Okay, good, good. <laughs> okay. And you might have to ask some follow-up questions because there may be some um, words I use that are, um, if someone's never heard this before. So, sure. but so is that, uh, so after theater, I decided to go into events. It's ironic because I'm at a hotel right now because my husband now is in events and I'm actually helping him out tonight, which is like so weird. Cause I'm like, I'm an FDN, but like I'm helping anyway. So I did events and I was at an event and it was for some conventional farmers, thousands of our nation's farmers. And it and the keynote speaker, so that means like you're the main event, like the headliner speaker for this conference was the key lobbyist for a certain herbicide company named Monsanto. And my job, because remember I was in theater, my job was to help the speakers, the people that were presenting, get their coffee, get their presentations ready, make sure that they were safe on stage, all that stuff. So he was literally my responsibility. So there I am in the back of this auditorium having just recovered my health through this functional medicine doctor that I had worked with. And um, a big part of it was food and organic food and fresh food and, you know, no antibiotics and all the things, right? And he's standing up there. There are boxes of herbicides in the middle of all of the tables in front of all of these thousands of farmers. And he's telling them, that this herbicide doesn't do damage, that organic food isn't better for us, all this stuff. And I literally turned to my boss and said, I can't be in this room. And I went up to my, my like literally walked off and I went and I bought, this was my IIN, I did IIN before FDN. I bought my IIN health coaching 
certification on a credit card. I had no money. I just did it. I was like, I can't, uh, this is not in my value system anymore. Yeah. I threw myself through that while um, working as an event planner for the next year, quit, had no idea what I was doing. And then about a year after that, found FDN because as a, as a health coach, I was working on things without the lab support. And I was finding that 80% of my clients would get better, of course, because of nutrition and rest and exercise and stress reduction, but getting specific about the supplements uh, based off of, you know, understanding more about them through the, the labs um, seemed like a really good approach because that's what my, my person had done for me. So that's where I got FDN and then just kind of haven't really looked back. <laughs> that's, what a man, what a heck of a coincidence. And again, this is why these stories are amazing. Sometimes you talk about luck or unluckiness, depending on how you look at it, but what are the odds that you end up being this person for? And you know what? I'm the following statements are not on behalf of FDN. They are on behalf of Evan Transu. And you can happily sue me for this. Some of the scummiest of the scum, man, absolute yeah. BS. And that's proven. That's not an opinion because sure. we know that they've had ghostwriters for studies. They've been successfully sued for that. They look up Stanford Monsanto um, scientists. So they actually paid off a scientist to ghostwrite studies to get their oh, stuff wow. on the market, successfully sued. That's not an opinion. That's not slander. That's a fact. Um, mm -hmm. And not to mention the beginning stuff that happened with the GMOs when they first came out with that in Europe. Holy crap. Um, and then how is this still allowed to operate? Then we have glyphosate now. It's in right? our rainwater. It's in our rainwater. If you and I did something right now that where we made it a supplement line and that supplement line caused non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and all the other crap that it's doing, we'd have to shut down tomorrow. And instead they get favorite treatment and say, well, you guys just have to remove it, you know, kind of a little bit over the next several years. And I, I think know. it's still going to be used commercially. This is insane. It's, this is it's, insane. it's so sad. It, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Um, and yeah, like that's the other thing, you know, a couple of years ago, right. They got sued. I believe it was by a farmer who claimed that it was causing him to have cancer, non, non Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then, and he won. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yes. Yes. So that set the precedent. Not sorry. Not that it's the main topic, but you got me going. Cause GMOs are the first thing I learned about health. It was at 16. I was making some questionable decisions at that time, but I was learning. I was starting to plant the seeds and no, the farmer did sue. And now they've been successfully sued for, I might be over a billion now, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. That was the precedent for this. So we know it does this. And if I tested every single person watching this right now via urine, assuming you live even remotely local to other people in America, yeah. you have some level of this in your urine right now. Yeah. So do I, so does Sophie. Mm -hmm. And yes, we all eat well, we try our best. I, they have yeah, destroyed yeah, right. the environment. Like it's, it's insane. And then I'll oh, slap on the wrist. Just start taking that off the market over the next several years, but you guys can keep doing it. Cause you're a big company. I mean, absolutely. I'll stop, but that one gets me. It is so blatantly wrong what happens. And you know what, Sophie, the average person has no idea. Um, they that, don't. Yeah. They no don't. Idea. And I mean, now you can see why I literally did the most unprofessional thing that I've ever done. And I was just like, this isn't a, this does not align with my values. Yeah. And this is a, like feels feels like so wrong on so many levels. And I just I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, there's no way that I could ever put myself in a position again where I have to nod along and support this uh, person or these types of people. I just can't do it. So I was like, I'm going to choose a different path. Yeah, well, you certainly flipped that abusive uh, relationship upside down because what you did with the doctor and what you did there, that's 
not everyone has that, right? And I encourage everyone to have that after they listen to something like this. It's standing up for what's right, having the confidence in yourself. Um, if we all just applied that, I think we'd solve 50% of this mess tomorrow. Uh, the other 50% can be solved by the functional work, right? So as someone who, again, you work with a variety of people, you talked about how you help them with thyroid stuff uh, as well. But I'm curious specifically with the IBS, yes, there's no... Uh, known causal stuff in the world of Western medicine, but yeah. certainly as a well-versed practitioner, you've seen some things on labs that might come up consistently with people who have IBS. So what are some of the things that you found in your practice over these years of, of working as an FDN? Like what's coming up that maybe these people commonly deal with? Right. So one of the foundational, I think it's a foundational lab now. I went through um, FDN a long time ago, but I know that they teach the GI map now. Yes. Um, and so that's one of the foundational labs that um, we can access for our clients and, you know, see if they want to self-test themselves and see what's going on in their gut. And so what I've seen is um, in their gut is a few things, actually. I would say... 100% of the people that I've seen a GI map on have what's called dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of the good and bad bacteria, right? So we have an overgrowth of this like opportunistic inflammatory bacteria and not enough of the good stuff that protects our lining in our gut, protects us and helps us to create nutrients like vitamin K and B vitamins in our gut. Like how cool is this, right? By the way, that our bacteria do this. Yes. I had no idea back when I was like, what's gluten? Like, I had no idea. Okay. So there's like the dysbiosis, this overgrowth. There's, I would say maybe 30% of the time we see a parasite, uh, which people think, oh, I have to go to a foreign country to get a parasite. Absolutely not true. We have them on in our water. We have them in our food. And really we always, like we teach at FDN, it's what's going on with the host, what's going on with us. How is our stress? How is our immune system functioning that might allow for these bacteria and parasites and things to come in? Yep. We know parasites eat our food. They cause inflammation. They just wreak havoc, right? And a lot of them have been associated with the symptoms of bloating and uh, diarrhea, things like this. Bacteria have been associated with constipation, diarrhea, all these symptoms, right? These symptoms that are like labeled as IBS. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have H. pylori. A lot of people have yeast overgrowth. So all these like different things that can grow in our gut that we're testing through stool have the, the same symptoms as IBS. Mm -hmm. So it's my belief through my own experience of my body that when my doctor diagnosed me with IBS, I had overgrowth. And I know this to be true because I did a protocol to eradicate those uh, as much best as I could. And then I felt better. <laughs> um, and then the other part of it is like the leaky gut conversation, which is, of course, the lining of our gut being one cell thick, as our founder Reed Davis always taught us, and that there's a mucus layer that protects us from the onslaught of these bacteria, these parasites, gluten, glyphosate, which is that herbicide that is in Roundup Ready, all these things coming into our environment every day. And we have a protective mechanism there. Um, but over time, stress, alcohol, gluten, glyphosate, parasites, they break down our barriers, right? And that's where we see this like then moving into the gut and then the brain connection or inflammation elsewhere in the body, autoimmune disease connection to the gut. So um, that's where I really feel like the IBS is like coming from is, is potentially that plus the emotional stressors, because of course we know if we are stressed up here, a lot of people will feel it down in the gut. So, um, so I think it's two things, but I think that those are the two I see the most with my um, clients. Yeah, there really seems to be um, this 
bi-directional or even synergistic relationship between what's going on up here and for those on audio i'm pointing to like the brain and mind and then what's in the gut in fact i this might not be up to date this is several years ago but i had read something that said there's a 40 percent comorbidity rate um of anxiety and depression with those who have ibs or have been given a diagnosis labeled as ibs which yeah. is crazy because you have to sit there and wonder well that's so overrepresented um and of course it can go both ways because we know if you're in constant fight or flight which could easily happen with an anxiety condition. Mm-hmm. One of the things that shuts down first, not literally, but you know, kind of is your digestion because your yeah. body's saying we're in fight or flight. We need to protect you. We definitely don't need to digest this food this one time to mm-hmm. save our lives, but it isn't one time, is it? Right. It ends up yeah. being a chronic all the thing. time, right? Especially these days, everyone's just in fight or flight, I think, like all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you t- brought up one of my favorite topics. You already had re- mentioned before this whole neuroinflammation thing and it leading to anxiety, depression, or other things. So for those that might be unfamiliar or still stuck on, and I do think there's validity to this, by the way, I just don't think it's complete. For those stuck on the idea that, wait, no, uh, depression's a lack of serotonin, right? Um, Or there's something wrong with my GABA and I need Xanax if it's anxiety. What's going on with that neuroinflammation aspect there that's leading to the mental health symptoms? Yeah, it's Interesting. So I've also, by the way, transitioned myself off my antidepressant 10 year, 10 years later. So two, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was able to do this with a combination of the, what you introduced me, the NLP life coaching, which I would love to just kind of mention as part of this, because that's like a big part of the stress component that with the supplements for neuroinflammation and also working on my gut. So there's like a trio thing going on here. And I think when, when you think about neuroinflammation and we think about neurodivergence, we think about ADHD, we think about depression, fatigue, brain fog, there is a lot of conversations about this idea of leaky gut, leaky brain, right? And the idea that if we only have one cell m- membrane, basically keeping us from the outside world, you know, meaning the water, the soil, the foods, like all that's coming in. And then that is gone, right? We have established there's leaky gut. And now those toxins, those food particles are hitting our immune system and our bloodstream. So our bloodstream could go anywhere. And maybe depending on your genetics or depending on your luck, it goes to your brain, right? And so we see this high correlation of people dealing with mental health issues and IBS because we know it's connected through the vagus nerve. We know it's connected through the microbes. We know that they're communicating. And we know that inflammation can leave the gut and travel elsewhere, including the brain. And so how does that manifest? It can manifest as anxiety and depression, right? That neuroinflammation. And so if we want to actually address and support someone holistically, as we always do as FDNs, to me, it makes sense that we apply the learnings of supporting the gut. We apply the learnings of lowering inflammation in the body. We do all those things, but we also support that S in the dress foundations. And um, that is um, really important so that it can stop sending this biofeedback of negativity, you know, to itself. So. I'm a broken record with this study, so apologies to anyone who actually might listen regularly, but I think everyone needs to know this because this proves the point of what you just said. There was this meta-analysis done, I think it was in 2017 or something, and I only looked this up because I kept hearing, oh, anxiety, depression is neuroinflammation, Mm. or it can be, right? And I had been anxious my entire life, so I figured, okay, well, if it's inflammation, then shouldn't things like anti-inflammatory drugs temporarily help? 
Mm. And the meta-analysis actually showed in 26 out of the 30 studies that they looked at that NSAIDs, those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, mm. temporarily relieved symptoms of anxiety and depression in those who took it. Exactly. And it worked. The meta-analysis also looked at curcumin, which is in turmeric. Mm. It looked at omega-3s, which I thought was... They, they must be someone like us because I thought it was particularly astute to do that because, of course, Western medicine, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, well, it's just a random side effect that we don't know about. That's why NSAIDs lead to that. Pretty hard to argue when it's NSAIDs, omega-3s, and curcumin, which we all know are anti-inflammatory agents. I don't yeah. think that's just a side effect. I think lowering that inflammation actually helps these symptoms, uh, which is fascinating because we all know that literally as much as we try, Sophie, we're still walking around mildly inflamed because of the things that are happening, like our wonderful friends at Monsanto, who's now under bear, uh, for those that don't know, the pharmaceutical company. It's like, not terrifying at all. You can't make this stuff up. Like you literally <laughs> couldn't make it up um, why they would want to buy them, you know, yeah. if they rely on people taking pharmaceuticals, but separately. Yeah, that's a whole, yep. Yeah, I'm yeah. you. I am with you. I'm actually at an event when I learned that because, um, yeah, I was like, wow, that is insane. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I, and I think this is this is great. And I was at a, I, I won't name the name because I do respect this company, but I was at a gut health thing a couple Fridays ago with a few other FDNs and they were like pushing and pushing like the supplements. They were like pushing the curcumin and pushing the omega-3 and pushing the probiotics. And I'm like, that's all great. And we have to deal with the thoughts, emotions, and beliefs that are up here that are causing us to feel not worthy, stressed out, perfectionist. Like we have to deal with the stress. Like that's why one of the reasons I love FDN so much is because it's like more holistic. Like we can't just supplement our way through inflammation in the body. Like we actually have to address why do I have the inflammation? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, thank you for bringing, again, because I get lost in these and I'm really enjoying this conversation. So then I forget, yeah, if someone, my gosh, if they just heard that for the first time, they're like, oh, I'll go take an Advil for my freaking anxiety or depression. Either way, this is not medical advice, but no, that's yeah. not what we're saying. Uh, what we're saying is, okay, great. Those things work indicating an inflammatory aspect here. The next question should be, how do I lower the inflammation and change my lifestyle in such a way that hopefully I can get it to a point where I'm not relying on any uh, one thing to do that. So excellent point. Um, we only have about 10 minutes left in this. And so no rush, but just wanted to make sure we truly highlight what you're doing nowadays. So yeah. when someone comes to you, again, you've been doing this whole functional coaching thing for quite some time. So mm. who is your favorite type of client to work with? Like not even just conditions. I mean like the personality behind mm. them, because I want someone that resonates with you. I don't want random people reaching out. I want your dream client and I want them to be or you to be their dream practitioner. So who's the typical type of person that you like to work with and what can they expect if they give you guys a call? There's two, there's two. The first one is someone who is newer to this, who maybe like hasn't ever experienced this and really does need the foundations that, um, you know, the diet, the lifestyle, the stress reduction, the supplementation, um, and they're like willing to invest in their health and want to run those labs and want to take some advice, do their own research and decide if it's for them. Someone who's like going to be interactive with me. Um, you know, we are not doctors. We're not dictating to you. We are sharing information and we are suggesting things that could be helpful for you. And then having that, that relationship and that partnership in your health is really important to me. The other, other, or like the addition to that is, um, as is in my bio, I also do the NLP subconscious mindset stuff. And that's really been a huge part of my journey. Like I mentioned, getting off antidepressants, like the mental health part of things. Mm -hmm. And after all, like we know stress is at the root of everything, right? Whether it's physical stress, 
chemical stress or emotional stress. So I really, now I do this merger of helping people with their emotional stress and the physical stuff Very that cool. we learn through FDN. And so my dream is a woman who, who wants to go all in and like wants to address the fact that they might have some uh, emotions that are stuck uh, or have some patterns in their belief system. And I, by the way, I'm not talking about like religious belief systems. I'm talking about things like I'm not worthy, like that belief. Sure. Sure. That's holding them back. That's causing them anxiety and depression or things like that. So someone who's really like willing to work with me as their partner and their health on the a mental, emotional level and the physical level. So we have two options. We have just physical and then we have this hybrid. And but I'm what I'm finding is that if we can do that hybrid, people just have not just health changes, but full life changes, their parenting gets better, their kids are happier, their marriage is better, they are going for the dream job. I mean, I have full body chills thinking about it right now. So that's, you know, where where I'm at now, you know, six years in <laughs> to the practice. Well, and it's amazing. I love what you had just said about how the other areas of your life change. I always say this because I experienced it myself and every person who comes on this podcast that is on I won't say the other side as if it's a destination that you reach because it's a constant work in progress, sure. but you know, you're over the hump, you're over the initial hump, you know what to do. This is a personal development journey um, with health as their vehicle, right? Everything. Okay, good. You like this? <laughs> yes, it is. Especially that. And then owning your own business is really, but yeah, but the <laughs> yeah you really want to test it out. Go do both of those. But, no, but you're right though. Cause I mean, think about, so when I was 22 and I found this functional medicine doctor, right? Like he was like, okay, you have to change your entire diet. You have to take like 10 supplements. You know, I would suggest you get off birth control. Now he was a doctor, so he could advise on that. But like, there were some major things that he was telling me to do. Like, I didn't even know what gluten was two months earlier, you know? I mean, my parents looked at me like I had eight heads. They were supportive, but they were like, what is like all this food you're bringing into the house? And like, <laughs> I've never on? seen these many vegetables. And I mean, and think, you know, <laughs> as a coach now, I see this is where I mean there's that intersection because if we don't have boundaries and we can't stand up for ourselves and we can't claim what's rightfully ours in our health, you know, that's the personal development part of this. And this is the difference between FDNs and a functional medicine doctor. No disrespect to my doctor, but I went through that journey alone. He told me what to do on a piece of paper and then I walked out of his office with instructions and I did it myself. As an FDN, we're really coaching people up. We're coaching people through these difficult things and helping them to see alternatives so that they can make empowered choices, right? Yeah, Not as personal that. development. So there's a lot of transformation that's possible. Yeah. Sophie, no rush on this. Um, I'm just curious, though. I always like to highlight this, especially when someone's been working with people for a while, uh, to the degree that you're able to share, because I know privacy and stuff. But are there any particular, uh, maybe like one or two client testimonials that stick out? I'm always interested in the stories of someone that's like kind of at the end of the rope uh, coming to someone like us. And then mm. we're thankfully, we get the blessing of being the ones that are able to help them. So is there anyone that sticks out in mind that's just like a favorite client testimonial from working with you? Yeah. My favorite client testimonial is Erica. And she knows this and I've talked about her before. She came in, she was just like me, all the same symptoms I explained on the podcast, including Hashimoto. She's 24, 25. And she was just like exhausted. And she was a scientist. She just like, didn't understand why this was happening to her. And we worked together for a year. She ended up having mold, mycotoxins, parasites, um, mineral imbalances, hormonal imbalances, inflammation, leaky gut, despite, I mean, everything that we learn, she had <laughs> going on. And we supported through 
an anti-inflammatory diet through supplements that would be specific based off of um, just suggestions that I had based off the labs to kind of lower down the metabolic chaos and to support with um, minerals and nutrition. And then we worked on her mindset because that's the other part of my practice now. And we worked on boundaries and we worked on speaking her truth and all these things. Um, and she had so many, her antibodies were so high that the test couldn't measure them for her thyroid. They were so high. Like that's when she came in. Okay. She, she dropped her antibodies by 600 points working with us. Her hair is long down past her breast. She has long fingernails. Her cycle used to take her out every single month also. Like she would have to call out of work. Perfect cycles, no pain. She has clear skin. She lost 35 pounds. And she has so much energy that she's coaching softball in the evenings now on top of her full-time job. So she's like my favorite success story. She went all in. She committed to her health. She committed to her mindset. And I mean, she's a different person. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I, it's so much fun talking to the FDNs that are like experienced, right? Because we have new ones on all the time and that's great. We love highlighting them too. But when someone's been through this and you work with a lot of clients, I love how that story just stuck out so quickly. Like you knew exactly um, who it was. So it's amazing seeing stuff like that. And um, just wanted to recognize uh, some people that tuned on live with us. Thank you. Uh, we had Tracy saying thoughts create chemical reactions earlier. So definitely. Um, Ryu, he's someone that hops on a lot live with us. He said, good morning. So Ryu, where are you from? Because I never realized that this would be morning for you at four in the afternoon afternoon here. And then Shelby said, mindset is key when it comes to your health. A- absolutely. And it, it is a personal development journey and everything gets better. If you can go through this, it's tough. Uh, but the changes that you need to make to overcome these chronic health challenges, it requires you to change as a person. It's not just as simple as removing a food or whatever. You you got to deal with the social aspects. You got to give up old habits. That's a personal development thing. So um, mm. Sophie, this has been amazing. Where the heck can people find you if they're like, okay, yeah, this is my girl. I got to work with her. <laughs> Everything is She Talks Health. So my podcast, we're relaunching it in 2024, but there's tons of resources there for the last three years. My website, shetalkshealth.com. And I'm on Instagram. You can DM me or you can email me at uh, sophie at shetalkshealth.com. Um, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. Um, book a call with me, you know, and see if it's the right fit. No pressure. So Sweet. yeah. Okay. Our signature question on the show, just to finish up here. And thank you, Tracy. We'll actually share that. If you're on YouTube, you can see the link right there. Um, Obviously we'll have it in the show notes for those on audio, like any other podcast. I feel like I always say, oh, links in the show notes. I'm like, we know this. It's like 2023 podcast. Yes. We put it in the show notes. The signature question though, for you, my friend, especially as someone who's very well-versed, I'm always interested in these answers. If you could wave a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to either start doing one thing for their health or you can force us to all stop doing one thing for their health or our health, I should say. Mm. What is the one thing that Sophie Shepard gets us to do? Slow down. Slow down. You're not going to be able to heal yourself if you are constantly on the hamster wheel of life, stressing out about every single thing, worrying, not sleeping, all that stuff. You got to slow down. It's a know how big a deal that is. But even if it's for five minutes a day, find some quiet, find some peace. That's like probably the hardest thing I could tell someone to do. And it's the most important. It's always the people who have the most knowledge in their brains on this show, the most experience that end up giving you the most seemingly simple answers. So the labs are great. 
protocols are awesome, but remember, if you're not doing this kind of stuff, you're shooting yourself in the foot. There, there's no point in the expensive labs and protocols until we get some of this stuff down. And that's stuff that FDNs can work with um, you on. So she talks health.com. If you'd like to work with Sophie, thank you so much for coming on today and bringing the freaking energy. That was great. You're welcome. I'm always here for it, Evan. I hope that your home gets uh, taken care of with the, any mold stuff and that your health continues to be really good and sore. Thank you.